Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We love our friends at DraftKings, and we love you for joining us here live on the old YouTube channel. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel as well. If you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate that as well. Make sure you're subscribed or following us or whatever your favorite app uh, tells you to do. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And since it's the holiday season of giving, a five-star review would be very meaningful because a four-star review is basically a zero-star review. So please leave a five-star review, even if we're not perfect every single day. We appreciate Ah, you joining us. Uh, Hawks lose 4-2 to the Nashville Predators and Mario. This is another one of those games. The Hawks played really hard. They were in it. They had some good chances. They couldn't convert. And the more talented team won. Yada, yada, yada. Same story every single effing game. <laughs> I, I agree mostly. Um, I will say, though, tonight is a night where if you are feeling frustrated as a Blackhawks fan... From this game, justifiably so. Because there were so many opportunities for this team to win this game, to score. And it's just, we talk about it constantly, the gap in talent that this team has compared to the majority of the NHL. Um, it was on full display tonight. Patrick Kane, as, as, as people in the UC have pointed out, busting the stick over the bench on the way uh, to the locker room after the game. Yeah. And I don't blame him at all. This guy could, if someone handed him a goal on a silver platter, it would be fumbled by Max Domi right now. Like he is just absolutely doing everything he can to create offensive chances for himself and for his teammates. And just the talent gap and bad luck I, on on his yeah, end. This is this is so unpatrick Kane like of a season, just individually. And then the guys around him are doing him no no favors. So justifiable frustration from from Kane tonight and from the rest of the Blackhawks. Like there were so many chances yep. that that they had that I, I kept thinking like, man, if this was five, six, seven years ago, Blackhawks teams. They'd be burying the Predators right now, six to one, six to two. Yep. Like you know, it, you know, seven seven goals they could have put up if this was the team seven years ago, uh, with the chances that they were getting tonight. So it's just, man, it's just really, I've I've for for so long this season I haven't felt upset after a loss, and I'm not upset. I'm just real friggin' frustrated. This because yeah. this because this is a team that like they don't score a lot of goals. And uh, even though the Blackhawks yet again gave up the first goal of the game, they had the opportunity to come back and they took advantage of it. Yep. And then pff, farted away five seconds before the end of the second period. Well, and those are crushing in normal situations. And, you know, the three of Dog us were at the game Jesus. sort of saying, just get out of this period with a lead. Just yeah. get out of oh this period God. with the lead. And then at the last second, Taylor Radish loses his man. And it's three two and uh, or it's two two. Matthew Shane scores with five seconds left to go, and then the Hawks come out to start third. And this is the part of the game, Mario, that pissed me off because 
look, it's not a good team, but it's also not a young team. This is a team full of veteran leaders, of veteran players, guys who have been around the league yeah. for a long time. Yeah, you've got Ian Mitchell out there. You've got Isaac Phillips, Kurashev, and Whistle. There's some young guys on this team, but for the most part, it's a veteran team. To come out in a third as flat as they did, yeah. they, sh- you know, they, for the first like four or five minutes of the period, they were on their heels. Nashville was all over them. And yes, I understand that this team is fragile. I get it. But at some point, you got to say, you know what? F this. We gave up a goal with five seconds left in the period. Let's rally around that. Let's pick up Peter Morazic, who is actually pretty decent in this game in comparison to some of his others. Mm. Like, let's pick each other up and and do something about this and, and make a difference. And they came out flat to start the third. Look, I know we talk about it all the time. They're not robots. They are feeling the pressure. They're feeling the stress. They're feeling the frustration of how they're playing. But it's you also can help yourself a little bit by look. Luke Richardson says it all the time. Keep it simple, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to come out and re- and try to blitz and score right away. Just the first few minutes, get control of the period, get control of the game. Instead, Nashville took complete control the second to third period began, yeah. and you gave up. You give up a goal with five seconds left in the second. You give up the 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 game winning goal one twenty seven into the third. That's tough. That, like that that yeah. one I, I i look it's one thing to lose a game because you're overmatched they came out flat as hell to start the third and frankly it's the difference in the game yeah absolutely i mean it's think about if they hold on for those final five seconds and they go into the third period with a 2-1 lead probably the first time since they last won a game against the rangers yeah. earlier this month that they would have gone into a period or would have started a period with a lead um it's just like so frustrating and and you you talk about you know momentum in games it's just that goal had to just suck the wind out of all the Blackhawks sails and the Predators go into the third go in go into the third period with you know relief that hey we're not down 2-1 to the last place team it's tied going into the third period and they come up uh they come out of the third period uh come out of the locker room with with a lot of jump Blackhawks weren't prepared for it and uh Connor Murphy talked about you know the starts to games, the starts to periods. And that has been a, a, a storyline for this team throughout the season. And it's just another instance of where it's just, they, they, they can't get right off to the jump. Yeah. We're going to hear from Connor Murphy in a second, but first we want to call to your attention, our web poll. Uh, the question is, would, which team situation would you rather have right now? The Blackhawks or the Predators? And this question, I th- it seems pretty easy that people seem to understand it based on the uh, poll results, but would you rather be the Nashville Predators who perpetually try to get a wild card spot or the last spot in the Central, sneak into the playoffs, maybe a goalie gets hot and they win a round, mm-hmm. but really no path to a Stanley Cup? No. Right? And this is... Frankly, save for a year or two where they were legit cup contenders. They got to the final. Yeah. Um, this is kind of how they've been for the last decade or so. Decade and a half even. Yeah. Uh, but really, not a threat to win a Stanley Cup. They've got a lot of money locked up, and Roman Yossi's a stud, no doubt. But, like, the Matt Duchesne's, the Ryan Johansson's, like, those type of guys who are good, not great, not going to get you uh, into the Stanley Cup final. Would you rather be like that and just be average for eternity? Or would you rather suffer two, three, potentially four years of what we're seeing now, hoping that, you know, the outcome is another legit chance at at least one more Stanley Cup in this next generation of hockey? I don't think there's much of a question about it. Yes, it's easier to stomach on a night-to-night basis what Nashville is doing but you're really never going to the the way they're the way they're built, the way they're designed, the way they go about building their their organization. There's no way they're going to win a Stanley Cup. There's yeah. just no path to it for them. Yeah, they have they have pushed all their chips onto the table to say we want to be average. Like they they've locked up no. I'm use this term. I guess loosely a little bit, but they haven't locked up a superstar offensive player uh, to a long-term deal. Their 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 long-term guys that they have invested in are an aging Matt Duchesne, 
Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, like mm-hmm. those are all fine players. Those can't be your number one guys uh, up front. Roman Yossi, Norris winner, one of the best defensemen in the league, of course. Um, if he's your best offensive option, I he's not Kale McCarr. No, offensively, so he's not he's not going to be able to, to 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 slog the team offensively. So they the the, the Predators are doing what the Blackhawks probably would have been doing uh, the last couple of years if the previous GM was allowed to continue doing his job. They right. would have kept do, making making moves and making investments in just being good enough to hang around. Maybe you get a couple home playoff games, get a couple uh, you know playoff gate revenues there, but you're not you're not going to be able to do anything substantial. And I think with with the with the Predators. David Poyle has been the GM since the team started. Where yep. is the pressure on him to do anything? See, Where is the pressure to, on, on him yeah. to develop superstar prospects? Like the best guys that Nashville has drafted and developed, Pekka Rene, retired, Shea Weber, retired, Ryan Suter on his last leg. Uh, uh, that, I think that's it. I literally <laughs> yeah. think that's it. You, you see Saros... Is good. So you got good defensemen, good goaltenders. Three of the three of the four of them that I can think of off the top of my head are their careers are over. Yeah. So what do you have to show for it? Where Nashville as a hockey market, I don't see the pressure on the organization to be better. See, that's the that's the trap of, and I know like I'm not being critical of the fact that Nashville got a team. They're supported. Their building is full. I think Nashville has about 35,000 hockey fans living in it. <laughs> right? And and that's it. And there is no pressure versus if they were to, you know, put another team in, like, let's say Hamilton, Ontario, mm-hmm. or somewhere where people Quebec. care about, yeah, Quebec. If people care about hockey, there's going to be that pressure. But Nashville's like, we're just happy to have a team that can be kind of fun mm-hmm. and we'll go there and have a good time. And when the game's over, whatever, we're going to go down to Broadway and have a great time. And like, it's just something to do. Nashville as a city is great. No, oh, no doubt. As a hockey market. It's like you, you have a party city that is a hockey team. Woo. Yeah. And look, there are really great Nashville Predators fans. Yeah. There's die, die hard, die hard fans. Absolutely. But there's not going to be, first of all, there's not gonna be media pressure on them to do anything. Cause truly, no one really cares. Uh, like I said, there's probably 35,000 legit hockey fans in Nashville, uh, 18 of which go to every game, 18,000 of which <laughs> go to every game, right? Like it's it's just yeah. it's just a different kind of expectation. So a team like them or Arizona, and you know, you look around other sports too where like these smaller market teams can just kind of hang out and be competitive and yay, kind of fun with really no hope of anything better. Mm-hmm. So Nashville, in fairness, can't really do what the Hawks are doing right now because they would just lose everything they've built. They'd be like, well, Nash, the Predators suck. Well, that was fun. It's over now, mm-hmm. right? And it would be really hard for them to regain what they had grown throughout their history here. But I think it, Nashville fans who would look at this critically and people who cover the team like we do in Nashville are probably saying, hey, like, what's the end game here? Yeah, what, Where's the pressure? And, you know, they're putting up banners that say like future Stanley cup champions and like all this weird stuff. Like it's like, regular season division champ. I think they actually have one that says like regular season division. Yeah. Like champion or something like that. Or like, I, I yeah, it's well, so we got a comment here from Michael Brown, a new name in the chat it says the Hawks may be in a better spot in terms of rebuilding, but this type of losing is unacceptable, but you can't to rebuild. You have to lose. Otherwise right. it's not a rebuild, right? They've tried, what they did last year, trading for something new on top of something that's already trading for Seth Jones, signing Jake McCabe, all the other things they did ahead of last season for one last run at the cup Mm -hmm. and they sucked. So now they kind of have to do this. Right. And you know, I I don't really know what the other option is. And and the sucky, the hard part about a rebuild is the losing. Sam says, you guys can't claim the Hawks are better off until they have six to eight legitimate NHL prospects. And as of now, we Honestly, cannot say that. Well, Reichel, Korchinski, Nazar, Allen, 
Del Mastro. Uh, that's five off the top of my head. That's five. Uh, uh, Soderblom has already proven he's an NHL goalie. Yeah. Drew Camesso is an NHL level talent. Uh, probably Proje- projection. Yeah. 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 Sam Renzel is a, uh, I'm not ready to say Long-term that just yet. Projection, but, but Josiah Slavin yeah. is an NHL player. Probably could be Isaac Phillips. Who we Isaac saw Phillips. Alex Nagula. Alex Nagula's got like, Alec, like yeah, we're not saying these guys are superstars, not but these are, these are guys that can, that can reach the NHL. But, and, and to Sam's point, no, we're not, we're not saying that the Blackhawks are in a better position in the rebuild right now than the, than the Predators are. I'm just saying the direction we're, we're saying the direction the team is going. Predators are not trying. They're, they're not going to be getting anybody who's going to make a, a, a franchise difference in, in the draft. They don't go out and get the high. They don't go out and get the marquee free agent. They don't make the big splash. And they really can't. They really can't. And they don't go out and get the, the, the big splash trade. That's going to make a big difference. And they, they thought they did that when they swapped Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. And it was even. You, you, you didn't get any better by getting rid of a young Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson at that time because he, he hasn't been a stud, and Seth Jones has been a, above average to really good NHL player. Uh, so I, I just think where the Blackhawks are going right now with this rebuild, with this direction of, of completely changing things out, trying to bring in the, some, of the, some of the prospects that we named, uh, just now, plus get a chance at Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. That's the thing. That is, those two guys <laughs> are looked at as the game changers. Nashville's not going to get anybody like that in in their draft position, which will likely be in the mid-teens, early 20s, wherever they ended up. That'll likely be where they end up. And that's where they've been for a long time. And that's where the Blackhawks were for for a number of years. And that's why, they're, you know, they're looking at some of their, their some of the guys that the, the previous regime brought in as those mid-level prospects, those mid-level first-round guys, how many panned out? How many stuck around long enough to pan yeah, out? Right. Like, I would much rather be here knowing that there's a bigger and brighter future on the horizon than be sitting right in the middle and just, you know, being like, eh, well, maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, look, you can you can say what you want, and and somebody in the chat said I was reaching by naming those prospects. Well, that's our buddy Sam. They're NHL. You asked about guys that can play in the NHL. I named ten. The two of us got ten off the top of our head that have already oh, yeah. or definitely will play in the NHL at some point. Sure. Are they elite? Are they the next Seabrook and Keith or Taze and Kane? Probably not. But you've got a decent pool, and then. You've got at least two first-round picks this year with Tampa's pick mm-hmm. and the Hawks' pick. You're probably going to get at least one first-round pick back at the deadline somehow. You've got all these pieces to move. Likely. Someone's going to give a, a first-round pick, for you would think, or you get multiple seconds and trade up for one or whatever. Yeah. But, like, they just started the rebuild. Right. Like Greg always says, this summer wasn't ground zero. This summer was the hole. This summer was getting to the school was getting to square one. Yes, and now square one is this mm-hmm. coming summer. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people asking about Jalen Lipen. Jalen Lipen was injured uh, to start the season. He just started skating again. First game, uh, one yeah. goal, one assist. Yep, so he's back, uh, <laughs> off to a decent start. So, yeah, he, he's another one. Uh, I think he'll get a, a decent shot next season. He'll, he'll, st- he'll start the year in Rockford next year, yeah. which, which is good for him. I mean, he was a seventh-round pick. Um, it's, it's basically a roll of the dice with that. And he might, he was the, he was the last guy that the previous GM ever drafted and it might be a a very late round steal. And Hey, that would, that would be great. I would love for Jalen Lipen to turn into a productive player because you don't really, you don't often see seventh round picks ever make it to the NHL. So we'll see, we'll see with him. But I, I think he's at a young stage in his career, got, Got a little bit of something that 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 could be. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't for think for a seventh round pick to get an entry level contract yeah. at the point that he's at right now, there's something there. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would be fair to add him to our list right now. No, as NHL for sure prospects, but you know, um, he's he's got an outside chance and he's on the right path. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. A couple of people asking why the Hawks wore the home whites today. Uh, Nashville was wearing their reverse retros. Yeah. Um, which look like ass, just like their normal jerseys. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, 
but I love the home whites. I wish they wear the whites at home all the yeah. time. It's what I grew up with, so that's part of it. But I think if you go to like, you know, it's not called Hawk Quarters anymore. The the Black Hawk store, Hawk Quarters is such a better name. Um, <laughs> and look at the like home jersey. The colors pop so brilliantly in the green so that we nice. use on the show, which we we both love. Yeah, we all the, love the it. use of green. It really, really pops, and the logo looks sharper on the white jersey. Absolutely love. Uh, I I love the white home jerseys, and mm-hmm. I, I wish they'd have them. But Nashville, just I know you're trying to do the yellow thing, but no, no, man. This ain't it, Mm-mm. as the kids say. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of of wearing the homes at white or the white at home, um, because I like seeing the other team's variety of jerseys and see yeah. the see the variety of colors. Because the way it's set up now, you go to home games, you always see the red, which look great, but you also on the other side just always see a variation of white and whatever color. Like I would much rather have the Blackhawks have the white jerseys at home. They look great, uh, and then you know you come in, you you come in, and Dallas comes into town, and you see the green, or you know L.A. comes into town, and maybe you see the yellow and purple, or yeah. the black and silver, or, you know Detroit comes in, and it's the red against the white, like you know it's I just I think it just aesthetically is better because you get to see a little bit of variety with all the teams different different teams coming into town. Definitely. All right, Gre- uh, Greg is standing by from the United Center. Uh, real quick, someone in the chat is saying Stan Bowman is still involved. Oops. Damn it. Oh, oh, oh. That's ah, our first one in a, long, a long time. time. I would like to think they tricked you into it. Yeah. Uh, he is no longer with USA Hockey either. So Stan Bowman is not working. No, I, I have to say who I'm talking That's about. Two dollars. Jar's, jar's right, right behind you, by the way. Two dollars. Fine. I got to make change. Anyway, well, there goes my meat stick money. <laughs> Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company. And they've got the best damn uh, deli meats and meat sticks you can buy in the damn world. I promise you, uh, it has become our go-to for lunch meat. But the, what they really want you to know about are those meat sticks. They are fantastic. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and a spicy chili. The spicy chili is my absolute favorite. 16 grams of protein per stick. And if you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. And here's a really easy way to try them. Go to greenridgefarm.com, add any three meat products to your cart and a package of those meat sticks, and the meat sticks will be free by using the code CHGO at checkout. Go get yourself some free meat sticks. They are delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. They're all natural, they're fresh, they're flavorful, and just perfect for snack time. I get mine at Pete's or Costco, but you can find them in a refrigerated section at Sam's Club as well. Uh, or your Chicagoland grocery store. Check them out, those meat sticks from Green Ridge Farm. Again, greenridgefarm.com. Add any three meat products to your cart and the meat sticks. Use the code CHGO and the meat sticks will be free. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And while you're enjoying those meat sticks, maybe it's as a pregame meal. As you head out to the United Center to watch the Blackhawks with your tickets purchased through Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, and any show that you would ever want to go see. You ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line out at Soldier Field or courtside at the UC, behind home plate? Wherever you enjoy your baseball, it's now possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. You're not going to find any better deals on Blackhawks tickets this season. And trust me, those prices are going down. You want to brave the the blizzpocalypse that's coming or not coming? Maybe. Could be terrible. Could be not. If you want to brave that to go watch the Blackhawks play the Blue Jackets, uh, hey, my hat's off to you. Ten bucks. Ten dollars gets you a seat in the building through game time. That is that is worth risking that, that's worth hooking up the sled dogs and heading down to the UC to yeah. see the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets fight over Connor Bedard. Uh, if you love CHGO, then you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the show description and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, let's go out to the United Center and bring in our buddy Greg Boyson, who was just down there for Luke Richardson's uh, post-game press conference. Greg? How are you, my friend? I think Greg is muted. Greg is muted. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll fix you up in a second here. We we should hear you now. All right. 
There we go. Yep. All right. Hey, where's my $2? Nice one, Jay. You yeah. Here's your $2. Dirty work. Best $2. movie ever. Dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to Groundhog Day, the Blackhawks podcast <laughs> post-game show that keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. But hey, tonight was different. The Blackhawks led for like three and a half minutes. They had a lead and then <laughs> they didn't. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah. What was the uh who who spoke post game? Uh, Connor Murphy and uh Connor Murphy and Isaac Phillips. Uh Connor mm. oh, I think we lost Greg. Oh boy. Yeah, he Putting, froze. Uh, there using... we go. You're back. Go ahead. All right, let's let's uh disconnect with Greg and we'll reestablish with we'll re-establish him. Reestablish it. In a second. Um, so Murphy and Phillips talking post game. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm just interested to see if the frustration of Patrick Kane translated to the frustration of the whole team. I would imagine so. Yeah. But just just to see how they're handling it because a lot of a lot of people uh, talk about this Blackhawks team and say, ah, oh, they don't care. Ah, oh, they don't care. They're just losing. They don't care. I, if, if if they come out out of this game snapping sticks and, and showing some frustration it's because they care it's because they're they're tr- this is the professional athletes like yeah you can say oh they're making six figures seven figures they're just cash and checks but they want to win they don't become professional athletes just just to go out there be and be on the worst team in the league and think it's okay like they want to go out there and win so I, i'm interested to see yeah, if, how if you, that translates. if you honestly think they're not trying you're honestly not watching um there the effort is definitely there you saw connor murphy just absolutely like sacrificing life and limb up to the last moment he was all over the place uh, throughout this entire game he was just great so um it looks like we're having some problems with greg's visual but if the audio is there let's let's bring him in audio wise and uh and see what he has to say because there is some there is some definite post-game news we want to get to um with uh jake mccabe and uh, he him leaving the game and not coming back. Do we have an update on Jake, Greg? Yeah, uh, he had a few stitches, um, mm. and they were running some eye tests, like shooting some dye. I guess he must have got hit with the stick close to the eye region because they they Luke said something along the lines that they had to do some tests with some dye to make sure there was no eye damage. But fortunately, everything came back okay, and he said he should be good to go for Friday. So nothing, Oof, a very close call, could have been a lot worse, especially when you're dealing with the eyes. But, you know, uh, for a guy that was on the ice a few weeks after spine surgery, a few yeah. stitches yeah, to the right, face yeah. is no big deal. Tear my and I'll play with one, my friend. Yeah, right. Jeez. Uh, did they did they have an exact count on how many stitches, or did they lose count like Tenorti? We did not. We did not get the count. Just a few. <laughs> so apparently it wasn't. They were more worried about the eyeball than the cut. So well, that's uh, Jake's, Jake's eye is in good shape. So that's that's good. good. That's encouraging because that geez, that was that that high stick was real close to the eye, and you can understand why he wasn't uh, wasn't back for the game. Yeah, yeah, it's he. It's a tough, as tough a dude as there is in the league. Um, and it's yeah, we see him not come back was concerning, but good to hear he's okay. And the eye stuff, man. Ever since um Brian Berard, woof, that just yeah. freaks me out yeah. uh, to this day. Uh, so I'm glad he's I'm glad he's doing better. Uh, that did give Isaac Phillips and Ian Mitchell uh probably more time than uh either was expected to play. Um, we haven't really gotten into uh, Isaac Phillips yet in this one. I really kind of isolated on him throughout the game. Uh, and I thought he was solid at, you know, physical, uh, moved the puck pretty well, won a bunch of board battles. Uh, you know, he was on the ice for two goals. I think it was a minus two. Um, but Taylor Radish lost his man on that uh, on that tying goal at the end of the second. Phillips was on the ice guarding his guy. Mm-hmm. And the puck got past him over to Radish, and uh, Radish couldn't get to, to Duchesne, and that's the, the goal there. So... What did Luke have to say about the young defenseman? Uh, he liked the effort from both guys. We, we had to talk to Isaac briefly after the game, and, and he said that you know getting the extra time with only five guys was actually helpful. The more you play, the more you're into the game, and, and so he was appreciative of that. He said he, was, he felt more comfortable out there this time around than he did uh, during his brief four games here uh, a season ago. So, uh, you know, he's a confident guy. 
kid. And, and he said that a lot. And I wrote about that on allchgo.com yesterday. He's, he has no problem telling you how confident he is and in his abilities. And he knows what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be responsible defensively. He's supposed to be physical, but not reckless. And he's supposed to get the puck up the ice quickly. And that's what we saw from him today. Uh, he, he played a pretty simple game. And, you know, when George, Jared Tenorti goes out of your lineup, you're, you need another physical presence. And I don't think there's anybody quite in the organization that does what Jared Tenorti does, but the closest to that is Isaac Phillips. And quite frankly, he earned the right to get the call up because he's been the best defenseman in Rockford so far this season. So he pretty much did everything that he, he's been doing all season long down in the AHL, did it tonight, was effective. I know he finished a minus two. But as you mentioned, um, that goal at the end of the second period, Taylor Radish kind of missed an assignment, and, and Luke Richardson actually named him uh, in post game, um, mm, and, and also said Philip Kurashev was a little slow making a decision on that play as well, because mm. the defenseman had the middle of the ice covered, and neither of the like Taylor Radish kind of looked over his left shoulder before turning over his right shoulder, and by then it's too late. A second is all a player like Matt Deshane needs, um, so. You know, if you if you love Luke Richardson's breakdown of hockey and X's of O and X's and O's, go watch the entire post game. He did a lot of talking about why certain plays didn't work and why certain plays did work. Uh, the man loves talking X's and O's, and he did, he did he had some really interesting stuff tonight. Well, we want to give nice. you credit for our poll question today. We did run the question on on uh, YouTube. Um, which team situation would you rather have right now, the Blackhawks or the Predators? As of now, 83% uh, in favor of the Blackhawks. Mario and I talked about it a little bit, but wanted to have you chime in since you basically created the topic uh, while we were talking to the game today. Yeah, well, it, and I, you know, it was it, it spurred off of a conversation I had with Mark Lazarus this morning at Morning Skate where it was, um, hey, I, it's what we get paid for, dropping names. <laughs> um, I know Jay, you mentioned it a little bit in, in your, in your Blackhawks beat article as well, but when you look at the Nashville predators, they have, they are NHL mediocrity textbook. They are your seventh, eighth place seed, a wild card team every season, you know, first round exit. You're going to have to play the number one seed every year. Maybe you get a goalie, get hot and you get past the first round and then what? they're not Stanley cup contenders. Anybody who says that is, is fooling themselves. And here they are in that situation. And all their guys, main guys are locked up for like six, seven, five years. So it's going to be the same core of guys. It's going to be the same team for the next five, six, seven years. And it's the same team. They've always been a team that struggles to score goals and, and generate offense. You know, they can't, they've yet to develop a, a and draft a homegrown offensive star since the history of the organization. <laughs> they've done a really good job of getting goaltenders and defensemen, but they cannot develop their own homegrown offensive talent. So they're going to be first round exits or just miss the playoffs for the next couple of years. What does that get you? Nothing. Well, at least with the Hawks right now, I'd rather be in their situation where they have addressed the fact that, hey, we need to do something and they have a plan. Will it work? We don't know, but it's a plan. Whereas the Predators seem to have almost the old Bill Wirtz mentality. mentality. Get us to the get us one round of playoff gates and I'm satisfied. It's yep. kind of, but again, there is zero pressure to do anything in Nashville. Nobody's rioting because the Predators aren't getting the top free agent. There's no pressure to do exactly what they're doing. Feel a competitive hockey team, maybe get to, maybe win a playoff series once every three years. That's all they have to do down there. Yeah, uh, there are a few people in the chat who who disagree with us. Um, Scott is among them, uh, just sort of saying that there's there's no chance they're ever going to come out of this. They don't have the prospects for it. But here's my question to those that disagree with us: What's the alternative? What would you like to see the Blackhawks do? Instead of what they're doing now, because you had Alex Dabrinkit last year, you had Dylan Strom last year, you had Dominic Kublik last year, uh, Kirby Doc, Kirby Doc last year, and better goaltending. Right. What did it get you? 
it got you exactly what they're where they're at now, except a, a lower draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just well, they didn't even have a they didn't have one, right? Right, but they they so. you know if it, I'm so what I'm saying though is if it was this year's team, you know, last year's team this year, what they'd pick maybe seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that. I think it was nine, right? Where they, been their, where they would have picked spot? last last year? Yeah. They would have been. Sixth, I think it was. Sixth, I was think it, sixth? it might have yeah, been. Yeah, still. Yeah. But if you look, even... Because that you, pick went, went to Columbus. Yeah, the, correct. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Even right. if you look at this year's draft, which is, in the opinion of a lot of people, historically loaded, mm-hmm. six is not going to get you a guy that's going to change your franchise. One will. Two will. Three could potentially, right? If you've yeah. got the if you've got the guts to draft Mitchkov, if you're willing to take that gamble mm-hmm. that he ever comes to the U.S. or if Leo Carlson becomes that guy... Maybe, but if you're just going to keep doing what the Hawks have been doing since 2016, quite frankly, you're just going to be the Nashville Predators every year. Right. And what does that accomplish? There is, no righteous rage is saying it right now. There is absolutely no alternative. This is 100%. The only way to go about it is to tear it down. That's it. It's painful. It sucks, but it's what a rebuild is. Look, we, we've seen it work in other sports in town. The Cubs did it. Mm-hmm. And it happened pretty quick. It took, uh, uh, yeah, and it took some how, took some lean years. Yeah, how did the Blackhawks get their Stanley Cup championship window through the draft? By getting a number one overall and a number two, number three overall and, pick, and a, and a three in back to back years. Yeah. Well, and you had to develop some prospects, right? Yeah. Like you had you had to take some guys that were in the you know rounds that don't exist anymore in the eighth and ninth round picks yeah. and turn them, turn them into NHL players. And that doesn't happen Patrick overnight. Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Seabrook, Nicholas Jarmusson, Corey Crawford, Christopher, uh, not Risty, but like those were all homegrown Bufflin, guys drafted. Bufflin, yeah. Bufflin, and you Nicholas, had, uh, Bolin, all drafted and mm-hmm. developed. And then they got good and all that stopped. And that's what they're trying to get back to. And you could say, whoever it was, said they don't have any prospects. It's year one. You dummy. Give it some time, all right? Get them. <laughs> yeah. Just just the, the trash them. Log off and go watch some football. You're dope. I don't care. I'm tired. Well, it's, of it's look, like if you're like, if you're pay, just, if you're paying attention to what's going on, you 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 understand or you are just intentionally not understanding. It's very clear what's happening you just here. You want to be you just want to troll a, a, a internet pod, post game show because you know you don't have any hobbies like seriously just, just like, because you're negative doesn't mean you're right they had they had three first round picks last year they're going to have at least four over the next two years seven first round picks at least in three seasons at a minimum that's how you that's how you get prospects pay attention or shut it <laughs> I love it. That's great. Nice. And let's keep in mind Greg too. The hammer voice uh, to get Andrew Ladd, the Blackhawks traded my beloved Tuomo Rutu, mm. who was a high first round pick, who didn't quite pan out here due to injury more than anything. But that was another guy they were able to flip for an asset because they had sucked so badly that they were picking in the draft year after year in decent spots. That's it. And you know, you, and you had you had to make some some smart decisions in in trades and and free agency you you got patrick sharp basically as a as a toss away trade and turned turns out to be one of the best goal scorers of the modern era blackhawks yep you know you had you had to go out and make a move to when you had those pieces there ready to go to go get Marion Hosa to 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 sack up and get the big free, free agent like those things have to happen and to be players in free agency, to be players in the trade market, you have to have the foundation built. And this is where the Blackhawks are starting now. Like like we mentioned earlier, and, uh, and to the point that Greg made, this summer was getting to the ground floor yep. so we could start building the foundation. And and that's what we're doing this year. That's what yep. the Blackhawks are doing this year. They're, they're, they're bad. This NHL team... For the Blackhawks this season is not the foundation. There's almost nothing from this team that's going to be left behind when when this team is ready to compete again. So no, maybe Seth Jones, maybe Seth Jones, and that's only because who's going to take that contract? Ottawa. Yeah, apparently <laughs> Ottawa wants well, them. And here's the thing: you got to get you know you got to get the, your own homegrown talent to 
start attracting those big time free agents. I mean, Marion mm-hmm. Hosa came here because he saw the Blackhawks and he saw Taves and Kane and all those guys were like, I want to play there. So you get a Kevin Korczynski, hopefully a Frank Nazar turns into the what exactly we're hoping for. And then Lord willing, here comes Connor Bedard or at the very least Adam Fantilli. And those guys turn out to be exactly what you expect them to be. And all of a sudden that, that loaded free agent class in 2024 starts looking at the Blackhawks going, mm. this might yeah. be the time to jump on board here. This team's going places in a couple of years and it all comes together. So you, and it, you're not going to do it in one draft. You're not going to do it in two drafts. You're probably not going to do it in three drafts. You got to give it time. This is year one. We're not even through year one of a rebuild. So just keep the bad opinions to yourself because you're wasting your time saying I'm here. Like, well, you got to give it time. If four years from now we're still got the worst record in the NHL, then, okay, we'll all be saying the same thing, that this was a failure. But until we get to a point where we see some progress or we know things aren't working, just let things play out before you become a fake expert and, and tell yeah, us that it's I'm all gonna, wrong. I'm, I'm going to tell Blackhawks fans, and this is this is nothing new, Watch the World Junior Championships this this upcoming week, and 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 get get back to me uh, January seventh. Is that the day after the final? I think January seventh you know or something. Better than that, even listen to tomorrow's show live at two thirty. We're going to talk to Chris Peters, who is to me the authority on hockey prospects and World Junior Championships. We're going to preview it. Come in the chat, ask him what he thinks of the Blackhawks prospects. Because look. Uh, can you scroll up a little bit there, Stephen? Just like, well, not, there we go. Paul asks, asks a valid question, or makes a valid statement, rather. Uh, you also have to have the right people making those picks. How many high picks have the Coyotes had over the years? That's true. We've had one draft with Kyle Davidson. Mm-hmm. One. And let's all be honest, I'm going to point the thumb here. When Kevin Korchinski was the guy picked... I was like, another freaking defenseman? We what all, the hell? We all had that. And now we've seen a little bit of, we've gotten a sniff of what Kevin Korchinski has, and and these prospect analysts have gotten a good look at him. The dude is a stud. Mm-hmm. He is a stud. People, he Honestly, if he who shall not be named, who I named twice today, um, <laughs> <laughs> by mistake, uh, was the GM of this team still, there's a, 60% chance that Kevin Korchinski is on the blue line now. Mm-hmm. That's how good he was in this, in training camp and in prospects camp. Instead, because this regime can look more than a month ahead of time, uh, they're taking their time with these guys. They're going to let them develop. And why not? Because the more you, you do two or three years, starting last year, this year again, maybe one or two more of being one of the bottom teams in the league, you're going to compile these high draft picks mm-hmm. and boom, that's it. That's how you do it. And that's how you do it quickly. And look, if the Hawks do land Connor Bedard, you can cut a year Dude. off that rebuild. Yep. So, yeah, you know, it's, I, I, I'm still waiting. I know I don't want to be doing a show against a straw man because again, 13% of the people would rather be the predators and probably there's five or six trolls in here right now just <laughs> trying to stir shit up so i don't want to waste too much of our breath on those people but i if you truly believe that the hawks are going about this the wrong way what is your alternative give me another plan mm-hmm. give me another I plan agree. well i agree with your point about he who should not be naming korchinski that he would rush him here but if he who shall not be named was still in charge, we wouldn't have Kevin Korchinski because we wouldn't have had any first round picks last year because he traded the first round pick to get Seth Jones and he would not have had the stones to go out and require three more. Also, so he wouldn't even be true. a black. Yeah. Would never have traded to break it. Would never have traded. But your, but your point on the lack of development, that doesn't change. You're a hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You have, you have to be able to, to recognize how to develop these young kids. Because the point being made, how many high draft picks have the Coyotes had? Yeah, but okay, they didn't turn any of them around. They didn't, you know, Clayton Keller is a fine player. He's a good player. Uh, what other Coyotes prospects are there out? They had Dylan Strom yeah, Dylan and did Strom. nothing with him. Like, what other Coyotes prospect has come through that you can think is is super notable? 
And whoever made Chikrin. that comment is a is a hundred percent right that you still have to have the right guy making the picks and the right staff. You need a staff. You don't need a guy. The problem with the last regime it was one guy making those decisions. Where mm -hmm. it, it definitely appears yeah. through one year at least, this is a group effort. Kyle Davidson is listening to his scouting staff a lot more than the last guy did. But you're right. You still have to have the right guy making the making the calls. And we won't know if he's the right guy for another three or four years. So you just got to let him go out and do his thing. And then we'll see where we are in 2024. I want to make sure we focus on your point, Greg, that he who shall not be named was sort of operating by himself. Uh, I have a couple contacts in the scouting department that were with both the current regime and the past. And I would frequently hear complaints. This is not who we wanted. This is not the free agent we thought we should pursue. This is not the guy we thought we should draft. And it's one guy at the top trying to prove that he's the smartest person in the room. And you saw, look no further than Kirby Doc instead of Bowen Byram. Right? Everyone said Bowen Byram's the pick. And he didn't do it. Like, that's just one example of many that yeah. you can make. For he who shall not be named. So I, I want to make sure that that's clear. When you look at what Kyle Davidson has done since being hired here, he brings in Jeff Greenberg from the Cubs to literally develop a physical program to help them in their analytics. Mm -hmm. A proprietary, built from the ground floor system of analytics for themselves. And a, bring, and a streamlined communication system throughout the organization. Yes. So everybody is on the same page. He brings in Norm McIver, brings him back after falling out of favor with he who shall not be named because they disagreed. So guess what? You're out if you disagree, right? Norm McIver's back, bringing a guy with experience to guide Davidson through the 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 minutia of being a GM, mm -hmm. helping him with player decisions, helping him with some of the things that you don't know as a young GM. You've got Mark Eaton developing players, Megan Hunter developing players. Brian Campbell is a guy who knows what it means to be a Blackhawk. If that's important to you, he's there. You bring in Kevin Dean, an experienced assistant. Uh, Derek Plant is an experienced assistant. It just goes on and on. They, they, they have hired so many people. You've got Kendall Coyne Schofield out there helping guys develop. And we talked to Ryder Ralston after the Notre Dame-Michigan game, and all he could do was rave about the level of contact he's gotten from the Blackhawks' uh, developmental staff in comparison to which team that drafted him? The Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. He said it was night and day better in favor of the Blackhawks versus the Avalanche in terms of their development and uh, communication with their prospects. So... I know it is hard to watch these games and we're frustrated too when they're playing hard and getting no results and we're, we have to come in here and do post games all the time, which we love doing, but it is hard to kind of do the same show night after night because the story is the same until it's not just, it requires patience. And until again, if someone, has, if someone has a better solution Please, please, please let us know what it is because I don't think there is one. Right. There's simply no way out other than what they're doing right now. You're not going to go and, and, and buy your way out of this position. You're not going to go out there. It's, this isn't baseball. You're not going to be able to go out and get all the free agents that you want to try and, and, and build a better team. You're not going to be able to trade your, your way out of this situation because you don't have the prospect system to, to just toss away prospects to get top end guys. And it, with with the NHL as a whole, the salary cap situation punishes you for being a uh, for being a good team. So it's cyclical. The Blackhawks were really good for a really long time and then they had to bottom out because just the way the NHL works with their hard cap, it eventually punishes you for being too good because you can't then get your own good young players in and pay them properly. And you have to you have to make tough decisions on who to keep, who to ship out, and sometimes those decisions go horribly wrong, as they did for the Blackhawks, shipping out guys like Philip Deneau and Tavo Teravainen. So all the teams that have success now, it's very rare to see teams like the Blackhawks, like the Bruins, like the Penguins, have in the hard salary cap era extended windows of contention. So eventually, each team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, will likely eventually 
be in a position like this where it's like, crap, our prospect system sucks. Steven Stamkos is retired. Nikita Kucherov is gone. Like, their good players are going to eventually age out, and and unless they're very, like, very savvy, they're also going to have to come to a crossroads where it's like, do we want to keep shooting for the middle, or do we have to start over mm-hmm. again? So this Blackhawks team is now in that, at that position where they have to start over again, and it's going to take some time. So, yeah, I, I per, patience is a virtue, and I just... I just hope that there is a light at the end of this tunnel because I'm I don't want to be tricking myself into well, believing that everything is going to be they're, fine. They're going to be better, right? Like it's this I I fully believe like once Taves and Kane are gone if they are, who knows. Uh this will be the worst of the years. Just because there's just nobody that's cuz even if their record is worse next year, you're at least going to have some guys that you can see as part of the future. Yeah. Like Reichel will be here. You know, maybe Phillips is full time. You get Bedard, right? Like whoever. There's because for me, the hardest thing about this season is they're losing, and there's really no one to like. Hey, like, look, if if Lucas Reichel was on this team all season, we'd probably have like the nightly Reichel report, the Reichel report, and we would really (laughs) focus on what Lucas Reichel did. Mm. But until that happens. We don't have it. All right, Greg, we've kept you a long time. Uh, let's get to our <laughs> four there was stars a game of the game. Tonight. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, the three stars of the game. Number three for Nashville, Juicy Juso Parsonen. He had two assists, and he was juicy, and a plus one. Juicy person. <laughs> he was the number uh, three star of the game. Number two star, UC Saros, in goal, 35 saves. Uh, he was fine. And the number one star, <laughs> Roman Yossi, a goal, an assist, a shot, a hit, and two block shots. Uh, I will start off, as I a, always a, do. A Yuso, a UC, and a Yossi. My four star of the game, and I'm doing this because I hope he's listening, because nothing else has really gone his way in the last little while, and especially tonight. Patrick Kane mm-hmm. gets my four-star of the game. Plus one, 2026 20, of ice time, eight shots on goal, four more shot attempts. He was all over the place. He was getting his chances. I'm feeling the frustration. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at least, like, <laughs> it might make it yeah. easier because he's frustrated with himself. Instead of his teammates, although, you know, you did have he, he Max Domi with on several attempts. To be upset with teammates tonight. Yeah. Um, boy, they, Max Domi whiffs on a one-timer, and then a minute later, uh, from, like, almost the same exact spot, Andreas the Tennessee, who breaks a stick attempting a one-timer. Alex DeBrinkett and Artemi Panarin, they are not. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Last, if this was last season when Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane has two primary assists tonight. But instead, nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yep, Duff man. He deserves better. Yeah, uh, Max, Max, Max Duffy. Duff Max man. Duffy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am gonna go with my guy, Isaac Phillips. We talked about him earlier. He had a very solid game for his NHL debut this season. Uh, two shots on goal, tied with Connor Murphy for the most hits in five. So that pairing had ten hits on the night, uh, and also had a takeaway as well, and played just under eighteen minutes and had two minutes on the penalty kill tonight too. So he was called into a bigger role when Jake McCabe left, and he he played well. You know, some people might look at the stats and say he was a minus two, but as we talked about the the Duchesne goal. Uh, that really wasn't his fault. You know, it was a blown assignment by the forwards. He was in the right spot doing what he was supposed to do. So uh, a solid game for Isaac Phillips. I, I really don't see why, you know, even when Tornorti comes back, we have no idea when that is. I mean, the guy had face surgery a couple of days ago. Oof. So it's probably got, not going to be a while. You got even for a guy like that. But gonna there's be no reason if, if Phillips keeps playing well and progresses and gives you exactly what you're looking for. I would love to. I'd love to see this a permanent move that he stays up here and keeps playing, but we'll see what happens. Um, but a great first game and a good foundation for Isaac Phillips. Uh, he's an easy guy to cheer for, so I'm hoping for some more success from him. Yep, and I'd love to see him get an opportunity to maybe you know unload a little bit of the offensive skill that he's got. Yeah, he's he's putting up points in Rockford. Um, yeah, would love love to see that. Uh, my Fourth star of the night uh, is 
Now I made this pick before the uh, our our friends the blue line charts came out. But my pick tonight is Mackenzie Entwistle. Put the Blackhawks put the Blackhawks ahead uh, in the uh, second period, two to one. His second goal of the season. Uh, he had just that one shot. Uh, he also had one hit. Uh, made the most of his eight and a half minutes of ice time. Uh, but uh, according to game score tonight, would you guys like to guess who was the best Blackhawk according to game score? Uh, based on your uh, context, I'm going to say Mackenzie Entwistle. It was Mackenzie Entwistle. <laughs> Woo! So the blue lines blue are lines in his favor. Blue lines and red laps, baby. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that gets you my fourth star. And, you know, making his, making his family proud wherever they might be. <laughs> it's a shame they weren't around to see it. Sky point. All right, uh, Greg, do you want to stick around for the tank stuff? Uh, no, I'm going to go finish Hawks hits so they can get published. Uh, all right, sounds, sounds good. good. All right, that's Greg Boyson from the United Center. Drive safe. Check out his Hawks hits as soon as the podcast ends. Uh, we're great. We greatly appreciate that. I know uh, Greg works his ass off. We all do when we do those things. So check it out. Allchgo.com. All right, we've still got to give our king of the game. We've got to do our tank standings update and the tank sim. Mm-hmm. We have 40 likes right now. If we get 50, we'll do an extra spin. Oh. If we do 55, we'll do two extra spins. Oh, yeah. So Let's I need go. 15 more likes for two extra spins. We get to 50, we'll do an extra spin. If we're stuck under 50, we're only going to spin it once. So smash that like button. If we get to 60, three spins. Let's oh. go. Let's do it. The more spins, the better. In the meantime, as I stall to remember what I have to do. Hey, guess what? Person who just disliked us, that counts. We'll count that. Any thumbs, any no, direction. No, we are not counting <laughs> thumbs down. Ass hats. Stick that if you don't somewhere. like the if you don't like it, just go away. <laughs> it's fine. No, Jay, this is the internet. You don't have be, to comment on everything yeah, you like. Thanks for or letting don't us like. know you don't like us. Get pumped. Ah. Hey. You know what I like? Mm. Shady Rays. Uh, now, yeah. the sun will come out again someday, eventually, supposedly. This uh, but this week, you're going to need it for the snow blindness. Absolutely. Because we're going to have some snow. It could be 75 feet. could be three inches, somewhere in there. You're going to need those Shady Rays take. snow goggles. Yeah. Go get yourself some Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. And they are like ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. So they set up to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Greg wears the Shady Rays all the time. At night. And I finally got, like, my hand on them when we got our Shady Rays delivered here. Mm. They are, like, the highest quality sunglasses I've ever owned, honestly. They're Very great. Nice. They're premium, polarized shades, and they have world-class optical clarity, uh, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. If you're a skier, they got the ski goggles on there. It's mm-hmm. not just sunglasses. Check them out, ShadyRays.com. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Drop them off a lake, lose them in the snow. You look down your snowblower, it gets all chopped up in the blades. They will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you is as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Shady Race customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. They were also, in this season of giving and all the time, provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal yet. Use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. And one pair is worth probably double that. So Mm -hmm. redeem that at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. And when the sun does come out and melt all the snow and it's nice and warm again, you're going to want to get out and enjoy the weather. What better way to do it than with a brand new set of cornhole bags Mm. and boards from Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for the Chicagoland and Illinois areas since 2007. 
Their signature box designs can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted to your liking. The cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders. Love that. And uh, they are right there in the back of the boards. They also have the LED lights around the hole, so when the sun goes down, you can put your shady rays away, but you can keep on cornholing all through the night. And they have Dream. the handers, handles on the exterior that make it easier for carrying because these are some handcrafted, high-quality cornhole boards. No cheap, flimsy wood here. No, 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 just sturdy, nice, sturdy lumber that these are made out of. Uh, it's a veteran-owned and operated business, which is fantastic to see. They can ship anywhere, and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event. They make great wedding gifts, great holiday gifts, gifts for all occasions. You got a birthday right near Christmas, get them a cornhole board. It'll be a double gift that you can get away with, especially for the tailgaters and the barbecuers in your life. Or if you love doing that yourself, you can get yourself a, a, a holiday gift. Go check them out at uh, chitowncornhole.com and make sure you follow them on Instagram to see all of their work and designs at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. All right. Uh, we have 54 likes. We got to name a king of the game. I know. So we got some time to get to the likes. We need six more likes for three extra spins. Let's go. We can do this. Do it. Six more likes. All right. It is time now, though, for the DraftKings king of the game. Oh, yes. And the king of the game in this one, Duh. no doubt, Connor Murphy. A goal, a shot on goal. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my L on this one. You got. I thought we had end whistle there. You no. got Murphy's uh, stats, except for the time on ice, but with with Mackenzie and whistle there. It was, it was big Connor up, Murphy. Up, it was Connor Murphy. Uh, one goal, one assist. Uh, Seventeen thirty of ice minutes. time. Yep. Four shot attempts, five hits, and six block shots. All over the ice was Connor Murphy. Uh, I'm sure bits and pieces of Connor Murphy were also uh, left on the ice tonight. He was, look, like he he he's another guy like like a McCabe, like McCabe that is just out there doing the hard playing the hard minutes uh, defensively for the Blackhawks. And with McCabe going out, every defenseman was asked to elevate their game. Uh, Murphy was one of them, uh, and hey, he he got the goal. He got an assist on the second goal. Uh, the, not many Blackhawks recently have had multi-goal games, so king of the game, Connor Murphy. He was great. Excellent game for Connor Murphy. All right, we've got 58 likes. Got got some time for two more while we All do right. our uh, tank standings. Let's do it. Tank standings. the Ducks were in a... Yeah, we got battle. a couple games going on now that I'll update you on real quick. I'm just going to hit refresh. The Golden Knights and Coyotes are tied at one with 12.09 left in the third. Mm. The Wild lead the Ducks 2-1 to one with 12.19 left in the third. So those are two, okay. two to keep an eye on. But as it stands right now, your Chicago Blackhawks still lead the tank standings with 18 points in 31 games. They are mm -hmm. 7-20-4. Anaheim Right on their tails with 21 points in 33 <laughs> games, 921 and to three. Put some space. Columbus with 22 points, Arizona with 25, and San Jose with 26. So there are your tank standings. The Hawks still on top of the tank standings, which means when we spin the tankathon wheel, the Hawks will have the greatest odds, Best odds. to land in our morning overall pick. We have 59, 59 likes. right now. Oh, One more. On. One more. And we get three extra spins. Who's Let's not, go. Who's not hitting the like button? One more. Show yourselves. You do it. All right, let's give the first spin here. Yeah. And we got to, before we do that, if we land number one here, do we just stop? Well, we have the extra spins in our right. back pocket. Might as well use it. All right, let's spin All it. Right. Let's see. Here's the first one. Here we go. The wheel is spinning. Ugh. Ooh, Columbus gets the number one pick in our first spin. San Jose second and the Blackhawks third. That's not great. It's not terrible, but it's it's not what we wanted. 62 we are, we likes. We're at 62 likes. All right. So we have, so we have three, three extra spins. So here's our first of our All right, extra three. All right, let's reset three. it, and then we will spin it Come again. On. Come on now. Got to get one. Jesus. Columbus number one. St. Louis number two. I swear to God, Tankathon is based in St. Louis. And the Hawks at this uh, rate, number three. They might three. be based in Columbus. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, but the Blues this? moved up, what, eight spots? Eight spots. I will stop being a hockey fan. Aye, aye, aye. All right. All right. Uh, two more. Two more. Let's, Let's go. See. We got to get on. one here. Come on. 
Oh man, San Jose, I'm, Columbus, I'm going to throw, I'm going to, and I'm a, Chicago. We yeah. are seeing a theme here where the I'm Hawks pick third. My, my non-existent hat right now. Yeah, just Jesus. throw your beard at it. All right, one more. <laughs> Can we just count the reset button as a spin? Come yeah, on. All right, That's all right. Chalk. <laughs> Let's give it one more spin here before we Come wrap on. up. There we hey! go. The Hawks with the number one pick. Nashville moves up 10 spots. Now, that's the way the Predators get out of hockey hell is by getting Adam Fantilli in this draft. Anaheim third, Columbus fourth. So, on our final spin, the Hawks got the number one pick. That's why it worked. All right. We appreciate everybody being with us. Uh, Tomorrow, 2.30, we're going to talk to Chris Peters. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun because there's a lot to talk about. World Junior Championships about to start. Uh, tons of Hawks prospects are playing in that. We'll get an update on Bedard, Fantilli, all those guys. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow's episode. Look, you suffer through the rebuild. You suffer through these games. Join us tomorrow at 2.30 to hear about the light at the end of the tunnel Yes, on the other side with Chris Peters. He's an absolutely fantastic guest, and to me, there's no one more plugged in and informed than Chris Peters. So that's tomorrow at 2.30. Friday, uh, we are going to do the post-game show. We're going to do... The Friday night post-game show remotely. Greg might go to the game if weather conditions are uh, will allow. Mm-hmm. But Mario and I are going to do the show from home. Yeah. And Greg might call in from the UC because, look, we both live at least an hour from the city. And if it's 500 degrees below zero with winds <laughs> that are going to blow our cars off the highway, yeah. we'll just do it from the comfort of our own home. So either way, we're going to be there after the game. But, uh, look, everybody be safe. Stay this weekend, uh, don't throw out your back shoveling. Uh, don't hurt yourself uh, snowblowing. Keep your hand out of there. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. just take it right off. Uh, you're going to turn into Jared Tenorti. Oof. If you mess with your snowblower too much, you yeah. get a little facial fracture. So just be careful. Be safe. And look, man, just snuggle up. Get with your family. Start the fireplace. Put on the Yule log and, and just stay warm. Yeah. I, I love when this stuff happens. <laughs> I love weather chaos. Bring it on. I'm I'm fine with it as long as the power stays on at my house. Good point. If we don't <laughs> so, have power, we will not have a show, and we'll so, just uh, rant from Twitter spaces or something. But we'll yeah, figure it so out. I'm, I'm looking at you, Comed. Yeah. Our fine sponsors. Our fine sponsors. Yeah, if they course. keep my power on. They will never. They would never <laughs> no, fail. Let's we'll put in a call. It'll hey, Comed, totally can you just get our houses going? Thanks. Yes. We're friends. Yes. All right. F- thanks, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.